From the studios of Teeing It Up in Somerset, Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents Daniel Fuck on his weekly spot. Um, talking about a myriad of things, let's start with the World Cup. Um, when you look at these two semis, um, and especially the quarterfinal yesterday that lets Morocco into the semis for the first time, first African nation to make it into the semis. What's going through your head as a viewer and a soccer lover? Because you know these guys. And um, just, to me, four really beautiful, well-played games. Yeah, Morocco was definitely surprised. They have a couple of players that play in top leagues, uh, some top teams, but overall, as a collective, it's more of a who's who uh, when you look at what they've done. But they've played great soccer in this tournament. they played, you know, great defense. I think they've only allowed one goal in, in all their games. They've been clinical in front of net. They've been aggressive. They're, they haven't been afraid. So you got to hand it to them. You know, they played two really tough teams in, in Spain and Portugal. And from the Spain game, it, it looked like Spain might wear them out a little bit. And, you know, I think they did. But, you know, one of the things we talked about with Spain was that they have trouble finishing. And, and that's what happened in that game. And it came back to bite them, going to PKs and eventually falling out, you know, with that. And in the Portugal game, they just looked out of sorts. You know, they had a really easy win against Switzerland. Maybe overlooked or were too confident in what they were doing against the Moroccan team that was ready to batten down the hatches and, and play their style, which didn't they have. You know, a lucky goal uh, in the first half, but that was enough for them to, to hold on and, and, and move on. So... They played really, really well, and they deserve to be where they're at. And at the end of the day, you know, in soccer, sometimes it just comes down to one break, and they've been able to get them. And when they've had to step up, they've stepped up. So now they go in and they play a, a very tough France team that will probably, you know, push them to the limit. But at this point, you have to be, you know, if you're Morocco, you're playing with house money. You just go out there, you play your game, take your chances when you get them, and then see what happens. And you look at the other semi with Argentina and Croatia and and for Brazil to be out, for Neymar to never have a PK, for Argentina to put Messi first and be able to advance. Um, it just, it seemed like missed opportunities for Brazil and then, uh, you know, and unfortunately for Argentina, they, they, they ended up in PKs, but they capitalized when they, when they got them. Yeah, I saw Brazil when they scored um, an extra time as the game was over. I missed the Croatia score, uh, but turned it back on for the PKs. Now, there's various strategies you can take with the PKs. You usually want you know, your best kickers between two and four because that's really where the game or the event can swing. And they went with keeping their best player for the last shot, hoping that that would be the one. And, and, you know, this happens sometimes when you don't get there. You know, your best player is left there not being able to step up and decide the game. So, uh, Brazil, you know, 
for all the talent in the world, he thought that they would be able to push through. But Croatia, time and time again in these tournaments, Croatia is a team that is like a cat. They have nine lives. They are tough. They are gritty. They are not afraid. They made it to the final in 2018. They have a good team. They're going to be a tough, tough matchup for Argentina. I believe these two teams played in 2018, and Croatia beat them pretty soundedly. But this Argentina team does seem to be on a mission. My concern with them is their back end. Can they hold up if they get a lead? You know, we saw them blow a two-goal lead, you know, just a couple days ago. So you, you have to be able to understand, you know, the situation of the game. I do think if you're Argentina as well, you got to go into a game plan with, with, where Messi's not the focal point because you know they're going to try to take him out. So who on their team can step up and create chances that then that will allow the field to open up a bit for Messi to do what he does. But I think that's going to be probably the better of the two games, in my opinion. Um, and I think potentially, you know, the winner of that game could go on to win the World Cup. But uh, I think that's going to be a really tough game for Argentina. Um, I wanted to say, ask one more World Cup-specific question um, before we move on. Danny Fucker with us here on Teeing It Up. Harry Kane missing that second PK. He makes the first, misses the second. He's playing against, or, or taking the PK against his teammate. So they've done this in practice. Does that only amplify the mistake that Kane made, or is this just the life of PK takers? I think it's just the life. I think what you saw in that PK was... I was under the assumption he's going to probably go back to where he went the first time. And it looked like he was doing that, top left. I think he just got under it. You know, I think the moment is what caused the the miss, not necessarily who he was going up against. So I think the moment got to him, understanding what that moment meant, what it is that you're doing, I think it just got to him a little bit. And he he got under it and, and sailed it over. But I think he was going to the same spot that he was going to the first time, and you know, unfortunately, he, he sailed it over the, the crossbar. For England, how big of a blow is this? For for and and you know, being a fan of Italy, all their success in recent tournaments, events, so on and so forth. How 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 big of a loss is this? for them. This is a, a team that I think the way it's constructed right now may not be the way it's constructed in, in Euro uh, when we get there in 2024. We'll see if they have the same manager, if they stick with them. And I also got to think, you know, we look at the opponent. France is a, a huge rival for them. The team they want to beat. And, and unfortunately, they came up short. So I, I think that, you know, this, this specific England team May have missed their window, uh, but we'll see what you know what happens in, in two years when they get to Euros with you know how they're constructed. The core of this team is still pretty young, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's too many changes. But you know, I think the the thing with the English team all the time is you know how they play, the style they play. With all the players they have, they they tend to play more conservative. So. Maybe they try to go with a coach or a style that allows them to be a little more aggressive, but, you know, we'll see. You know, they have good players, but they just, 
can't ever seem to collectively put it together for a consistent run. And the U.S. is going to win the World Cup in 26, right? From what I saw this year, they got a long <laughs> way to go. Um, I'd be surprised in, in four years. With you know, the turnover in the international game is so much that it's really hard to pinpoint what that team's going to look like in four years. Um, for me, it goes down to coaching. They need an aggressive coach. Not a you can't just sit back all the time and think that's going to work out. They need a better coach, and until they find that, I don't know if they're going to ever unlock the talent that they have. Anything else World Cup-wise you want to touch on? No, not really. We'll see what the semis bring in the middle of the week. You know, I think from a viewer standpoint, I want France and Argentina. I think that'd be the most compelling game. But you got to put it on the field, so we'll see what happens. That we shall. Caleb Williams from USC wins the Heisman. You said to me off air that, 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 that this crop of Heisman candidates wasn't the best you've ever seen. Um, but, but what do you make of, of Caleb and what he's done now? Yeah, I mean, Caleb Williams was probably the best player in the second half of the season. After that Utah game in Salt Lake, he really turned it on. Had two really signature games at the end of the season with UCLA and Notre Dame that I think put him over the top. You know, his injury in the Pac-12 title game definitely, I, I think, put a little bit of a stain on his season because he was, you know, right there for a chance to win the Pac-12 and get to the playoff. But, you know, unfortunately they were unable to do that. But when you look at the other, other three that were there, you know, there just wasn't another guy that I think that could compete with the talent and the stats that he had. Duncan's had a good year, but you know he's not a Heisman caliber player, in my opinion. Stetson Bennett definitely not a Heisman caliber player. And who's the fourth one? I forgot already. Man. Um, so the bottom line is is that they weren't um, to the the level. Uh, consistency for a full year. Look, Dunningham had a great Big 12 title game. It's why they're in the playoffs un- undefeated. But, and, and, and that's not a knock on him. It's just that, um, you know, um, he, that, that, that's like one spark. You need multiple sparks to be able to, uh, you know, make your way down there. Yeah, I mean, some of the better CJ Stroud was the other finalist. Yeah, and some of the better players in college football, you know, like Bryce Young, you know, he's phenomenal. But Alabama had a down year. Hooker got hurt. He could have been there potentially. You know, so there were a lot of you know things that, that happened that gave us this crop. Um, and sometimes the voting isn't necessarily always about the best player. Sometimes it's about the team that you're on and the situation your team is in. So, you know, it is what it is. But, but out of the four that were there, Caleb Williams is the best one, and he, and he deserved to win it. All right. Uh, let's move to the pros. Uh, look, the, the Jets should have won that game. I mean, you need somebody to get you into the end zone there instead of kicking, kicking field goals. And we're living two similar lives today. You guys are facing the, the Eagles. We're facing the Bills. You're at least in the rain. Uh, we could be in the snow at, at Orchard Park. Um, 
some of these matchups, these are high quality matchups today, but some of these are very, very worrisome if you're a fan of the team. <laughs> it's not the better team um, because this could be a long, long day at the office if you don't bring it from the start. And that's why if I'm the Giants or if I'm the Jets and I get the ball on offense, Sorry, if I, if, if I win the coin toss, I go for it on offense first and try to put some worrisome in either the Bills or the Eagles. Obviously, if the Jets beat the Bills a couple weeks ago, they don't have Von Miller anymore for the for for, for season, a, a, a big defensive blow. You guys facing the Eagles, you've shown vulnerabilities in recent weeks, and we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I think for the Jets, you need a defensive performance that you got against the Bills a couple weeks ago. That's the only shot, in my opinion, uh, for them. Because I think Buffalo's adjusted a little bit offensively. We, we know what they can bring. We know their defense is going to be good. So, you know, if, if you're the Jets, you got to say to yourself, they got to hold them under 21. That's our shot. Like, that's the way to keep this game close. If they get into that 24 28 range I think it's going to be hard for the Jets to keep up and if you're on the Giants side you have to say to yourself we got to keep the ball and we got to score you know we, we saw and have seen how Philadelphia has struggled at times this season and that's the ball control offense we saw Washington do it to them we saw Indy do it to them you know those are the games that, that Philly found themselves in trouble and the Giants need to be able to be precise on offense, not put their defense in a situation where they're defending all the time, and really capitalize on opportunities. I think it's going to be hard for both teams today, to be honest. Uh, I'm already writing this one up as a loss for the Giants. I just don't know how they're going to come back from last week. Last week was an opportunity for them. You know, Besides the first quarter, I thought they were the better team. And they had their, their chances, and they had the opportunity to win that game, but they fell short. And, and the same thing for the Jets. I thought last week was their game. You know, they, they got off to a bad start, but hung in there. Twice in the fourth quarter, down inside the 10-yard line and unable to score. It's really deflating. And now you're coming up against two teams that are first-year division, that have, you know, really good caliber offenses. And you find yourself in a, in a desperate spot. So, you know, if the Jets defense can step up, you know, which they've done this year, they've played very, very well. If they can step up, I think they have a shot. I, I am, I'm leaning more towards a Jets upset today than I am towards a Giants upset. Hmm. Interesting. For me, I think it may come down to a Jets touchdown. I'm sorry, Jets defensive touchdown. Trying to get points that way because um, I'm not sure how much the offense can produce. And that's going to be a really interesting aspect of this game. Um, the other game that I want to look towards is the game that got flexed into primetime. Um, and that's the, the, the Dolphins and the Chargers. Um, because the thing about Miami is... Okay, now you're under the lights. Now what do you do? And this Charger team, and this is the last week of regular season fantasy, I believe. It is, yeah. Yeah. So 
Justin Herbert fantasy machine. A lot of people could be losing him uh, after this week if, if 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 their teams don't advance in a division in being sorry in a division being the AFC West that has been weaker than expected. And we talked a couple weeks ago about how all the AFC East could have qualified for the playoffs at a certain spot. You look at the AFC West. And it's the Chiefs, and it's the Chargers, and then it's a whole bunch of teams under 500. Um, and you take this Dolphins team at eight and four. You take this Chargers team at six and six. Is a big night for Justin Herbert and company. Yeah, I mean, these are two teams that I think are in similar spots. Just that the Dolphins have been a little bit more efficient in their games. I can't trust. I don't think I trust either team. <laughs> to be honest with you, I thought Miami would come into St. Fran last week with that offense and maybe be able to cause some issues. Then you see Jimmy G go out, and if you're a Dolphins fan, you're like, we're in a great spot here. And the 49ers just demolished them. And then you look at the Chargers, who had a game against the Raiders that, you know, what you look at the Raiders and the way that they played this season, you do have to think that that's a game you have to have, and, and they did it. So... This game's a toss-up for me. I, I don't know if the Chargers... The Chargers will, to me, every week play the same game. <laughs> I, I don't know if they if they ever, like, blow out teams. You know, they rarely ever get blown out either. You know, they had one game this year where they got blown out against the Jaguars. But I feel like every game for them is fourth quarter, one possession. Either way, they have to come back or they're holding on to the lead. <laughs> and it's really, you know... A coin flip as to how those games are going to go with them. But in this game, I think you're going to see some offense. I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball. Uh, which which defense can make a stop? You know, Tua seemed to be a little bit limited last week with an injury. Um, you know, Waddle was hurt as well. Can Miami get back to their run game? I think last week they did nothing on the ground. So, you know, what team is going to be able to maybe dictate this game a little bit? I don't think either team will be able to dictate it. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth affair, and I would not be surprised if it comes down to the last session. What other games have your interest on this Sunday? Baltimore-Pittsburgh. I think that game is really intriguing. You have a Pittsburgh team that seems to be playing a little bit better. Um, They've sort of rallied behind Kenny Pickett here and have played much better. Uh, But I still think that offense is limited. Uh, You know, they, they still have trouble getting to 24, 27 points. Uh, and Baltimore, their backs are up against the wall. This is almost like deja vu for them, right? Last year, around the same time, Lamar Jackson got hurt. I think they had the same exact record last year at this point of the season as well. And then Jackson got hurt. And then Huntley came in and, you know, he did everything he could to try to will that team to win, but they were just so banged up that they were not able to do that. This year, it's a little bit opposite of that. Even though Jackson is hurt, they seem to be healthier. Their defense is playing very well. Uh, they get back Dobbins this week, so hopefully he provides a spark for them on offense. So if you're the Ravens here, you, you need this game. You need to be able to keep pace with Cincy, who is, who is getting hot and looking good right now. I like Baltimore in this game. I think they're being written off. Uh, Pittsburgh. It's tough to back as a favorite with the team that they have. I expect a great game. 
a fierce rivalry that we all know of between these two teams. But I like Baltimore a little bit more today than I do Pittsburgh. Don't you feel like John Harbaugh just has a calming influence on these guys? Yeah, I mean, he's a great coach, and they're a great team. Uh, they, they have good pieces, and at times they, they frustrate you if you watch them because, you know, last week's game, even before Jackson got hurt, it was like, what are they doing? They're not taking advantage of anything that they can take advantage of. And they were able to squeak out that win last week, but... These are two coaches that know the pulse of their team. They understand what buttons to push. I just have to go with the better better defense today. That's Baltimore, and I think they're going to give you know Pickett some issues. And you know Huntley has proven, you know even his even though his record may not show it, he's proven that he's a capable backup and someone that you can throw into a situation and and still be competitive. So. I expect that that to be the case today with Baltimore. I expect them to be competitive. I expect their defense to rise up to the occasion. And I expect, uh, you know, this to be a low-scoring slugfest. But, you know, in that case, you know, i got to take the defense and i got to take the special teams, and, and that's where Baltimore wins, in my opinion. Any other games on this slate pique your interest? I mean, it's a, it's a pretty weak slate. Uh, you know, I don't know, six teams on a bye. So, you know, there's not too many competitive games, I think, that are out there. You know, can Cincinnati win today? You know, they, they can't beat Cleveland for whatever reason. Huge game for them. We'll see if they're able to keep things going. I think they will. Um, and then another really interesting game is Detroit-Minnesota. Detroit has been hot, and they're scoring, Very and their hot. defense is playing much better. We all know what Minnesota is. You know, we said it last week. I'll say it again this week. You know, they're ten and two, but they, you know, every possession, every game is a one possession game that they play in. So, can Minnesota, you know, have a, a performance today that kind of silences the critics, or will Detroit keep their their uh, their streak going and potentially, you know, dip around the playoffs? You know, they they have an opportunity here to continue winning and continue to be in the playoff hunt. So I think there's um, a lot at stake at that game. So I think that's going to be one of the better games too today. Danny Fucker, as always, joining us here uh, in his weekly spot. Thank you, sir, for coming on teeing it up on a Sunday morning. Uh, no problem, man. Have a good rest of the day. You got it. And same to all of you out there.